Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. We are here to lift up these hardworking makers and bring inspiration and connection to amazing tales of our listeners. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Mm-hmm. Hi, Sarah. I um, saw that you went to some kind of pumpkin patch this week. Is that right? Oh, I stopped by Fur Crest, Fur Point Farms in Aurora and had a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> have you ever gone there? I but haven't. I haven't gone there. It's just like a 20 minute drive. You just drive south and you take the Aurora exit and you just turn left. It's right there by the airport and they have the best sandwiches and they give you a cookie and a bag of chips with your lunch. And then they have a corn maze and every kind of squash you could imagine. They have tetherball and lots of fun for family. Um, but, ho- you know, Halloween's kind of big for them. They they really yeah, like it. That sounds perfect and fun. I'll have to check it out. Did you end up getting any kind of pumpkin? Because you asked people what their favorites were, but you didn't say what yours was. So well, I'm cur- curious. I think I'm turning into a social media phenom. I got to ask people what kind of squash they want. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought they were really pretty. And I thought, well, maybe I'll see what people think is really good. And then that'll inform me when I go to buy some because I didn't actually buy any that day. I have grown some delicata squash and I picked them from my um, vine yesterday with my husband. We were out in the garden and I'm going to slice that up and roast it in the oven with some olive oil and salt. I like make like almost potato chips with it. It's really yeah, good. I love those. I um have a recipe on our website where I use the um, de la cotta squash and make like um, a lentil soup and you roast the squash and use it as a bowl and then you eat the inside with your lentils. Oh, that's so cool. You can well, try that. When I do it, I leave the seeds and everything and the seeds get nice and crunchy and all that sort of stringy stuff is really yeah. yummy. So. I'm going to slice one up here pretty soon. Hey, I saw that you were traveling down in the Southern Hemisphere, almost in Mexico, but just in San Diego. Yeah, I was in San Diego with my fam. It was great. I had some time off. I, you know, of course, haven't taken a vacation or time off in in quite some time. So it was very nice. I didn't work at all. I just hung out by the pool with my family and my daughter swam like a mermaid that she has always wanted to be. And so that was it. It was awesome. I saw you went down one of those gigantic slides. You were having slide races. Yeah. (laughs) So the 
the pool, the hotel we stayed at had a pool with water slides and um, there was only maybe like 20 people at the whole hotel. So we sort of had the water slides to ourselves. So we did a lot of a lot of water slide racing. <laughs> when I you're want to do water slide racing. <laughs> when you're an only child, your parents um, get involved in your life. And I, <laughs> who knew at 40 years old I would be water slide racing? But here I am. <laughs> you did great. It looks like you were going to win, but I have a feeling Adeline might have won. I think, yeah, I, you know, I think I'm heavier. So I think I go faster, but she tends to get a head start. Like she'll be like, race it. And then she'll go. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. But it was really good. It was great. It was great to get away. And I feel like I'm back and I, um, and I needed that little mental break for a while. Speaking of getting away this weekend, I'm going to head over to Tillamook and I'm going to be meeting with the people about the North coast food trail. They're kind of working on some stuff over there. And then um, the next weekend, I'm going to go to Madras for the weekend. So I'm I'm going to hit the road myself. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. You know, the only time I was ever in Madras was with you. <laughs> for that. When the, yeah, when you did the crop up dinner. And what well, I learned about Madras is fun. Madras is that's where they grow all the carrot seeds like that's for the right. whole country. And so when you walk outside, it just smells like like carrot, like yeah. carrot flowers. It's so amazing. It's really it amazing. I never really thought about whole farms existing to grow seeds, you know? Yeah, it's wild. I still have three carrots growing in my garden. I need to pick them. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I grow carrots, they're always really ugly and stumpy. <laughs> I feel like I feel well, like the trick is to I buy good the carrots. most beautiful carrots at the farmers market, and I have no idea how they do it. But <laughs> I think you gotta water them a lot or something. Yeah, I don't know. must be or just have really good soil. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tough. Well, it's not just Sarah and I here today nope. talking about stumpy carrots. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have a special guest in the studio. We are joined today by Lisa Wynn. Lisa is the owner of Heyday Bakery. Her mission is to bridge culture and community one donut at a time. Welcome, Woo-hoo! Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> We're so glad that you could join us today. Yes, we want to hear are. all about your business. So can we start off by connecting people to you? Will you let people know your social media handles and where people can follow you? Um, sure. Uh, we are pretty much mostly on on Instagram right now, and it's at Heyday, um, H-E-Y-D-A-Y-P-D-X. Um, we do have a website that we'll probably just link back to the Instagram, but that's www.heydaypdx.com. Perfect. Perfect. We'll tag you and help people to find you. We want to walk through your journey of how you started your business. So let's talk about when and how you started it. Um, It was actually a really quick decision when we decided to do it. Um, My background is um, I was an online merchandiser for a long time for a company in the Bay Area and um, quit my job when I had my first kid. And then I decided to go into baking and pastry, um, which was something I wanted to do from the beginning when I was really young. Um, so I did that and um, went, worked at a mission restaurant, did the whole school thing. And then we moved over overseas and I couldn't do anything with the degree. I couldn't work or anything like that. I had two more kids. So I have three total. 
Nice. Um, and just thought that it was, I was done in that industry. Uh, after being home with the kids and things like that, I kind of knew how hard it would be if I ever wanted to do it again. Um, and then we moved to Portland. Um, and then I think it was the summer of 2019, the summer before the pandemic. Um, my mom, I mean, donuts have been, has been such a big, huge um, part of our life. Like we, you know, we celebrate with donuts. We enjoy trees. It's something that my dad did with us every Sunday. Um, and we were happy eating a donut with my mom. My mom was eating it and she was like, I think you guys, you can make this better. And, you know, we kind of just laughed it off. My husband called like five minutes later and, you know, I just jokingly brought it up. Mom said I can do this better. And he was like, let's just do it. And so that was it. <laughs> we Off to just, the races. Yeah, hit the ground running. And we, you know, um, this was when I was 39. I like turned 40 in September. And I remember that 40th birthday we were running around. I was, you know, had a plan to go to New York with my friends. And here I am, they're running off doing things. And I'm at like... FedEx trying to fax things over to people, trying to get this business done, buy equipment. And then we were going to launch in March of 2020. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe this is a sign that this is not supposed to be what we're supposed to do. But we've invested so much time in um, our product and our brand. And so we gave it a couple months because I wasn't comfortable. You know, I have kids and um, we just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to create anything that was going to be um, hindering uh, the pandemic at the time. March, I think May comes around and we decided to just give it a try. And I think in my mind, I wanted to just break even, you know, because I've invested all this time and money into it. I was like, let's just do it for the summer um, break even, and then we'll just call it quits kind of thing. Uh, and so we launched in May and we haven't stopped since. So it's been almost two years. Whoa. How many yeah. donuts do you sell in a week? Hundreds, thousands? Oh, well, I mean, I, I do it a pop-up. We've been doing pop-ups and we've been um, popping up with, um, I call them like partnerships. And so we pop up with um, coffee shops, tea shops, um, some restaurants, bakeries, uh, and that's how we've been doing it. It's been nice because we started off with maybe one pop-up every two or three weeks. And then by the following year, we were doing three to four pop-ups a week. Um, and so in each pop-up, we do about 500 donuts. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of donuts. When it's you, a lot of donuts. When you made your original plan, um, you were you were you gonna pop up in places or were you gonna have like a space or do farmers markets what was the what was the original idea the original idea was to do the farmers market um that was the route that i was gonna go but after we realized after the first like three pop-ups that that wasn't gonna work because our product was selling so fast mm -hmm. um that i wouldn't be able to keep enough product because we are still a small batch um it's it was me just me at the time um, and so we knew that we couldn't produce enough to, to be open at a farmer's market for, you know, three or four hours. I mean, our stuff was selling out within sometimes 15 to 30 minutes. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the first, the first pop-up we did, everything sold out in like five minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I'm thinking. How can I make enough donuts? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm bringing like 200 donuts. That's like so many donuts. Who's going to buy all these donuts? And so 
<laughs> and then the next, and then it's just been increasing since. And I mean, we've gotten to the point where we were, I was so making a thousand at some point and I just had to scale back because if I wanted to long-term do this and enjoy it still, I wanted to be in a comfortable spot. And so um, we just cut down to where I felt like it was just comfortable. Um, yeah. And I think that's a great thing. It's a good lesson to learn kind of, because of course mm -hmm. with baked goods, you, you have this like sort of risk that you always have to take. It's a little bit of a gamble because if you make too much stuff, then, you know, you have what to go home do? with it or you have you, to eat, eat it all. Eat yeah. donuts all week. <laughs> uh, and if, and if you, you know, to really have a, have a bakery business where you do keep your bakery stand open, the whole time, you have to be a pretty big bakery because mm -hmm. I would say most of the bakers that do the farmer's markets, they have to have at least like five or six staff, mm -hmm. which is hard. And it's hard to do in your first couple of years. And if you don't have like a actual bakery, you know, most of the, most of the bakers that are just a, a small team or a few people, they just end up selling out. So everybody knows that if you come to the farmer's market, you have to get there early if you want mm -hmm. baked goods and people will line up down the row. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm right next to, um, a small bakery company and in the morning when I'm setting up, they already have a line yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell us, tell us your donuts are beautiful shapes. Oh, thanks. How, do you, how do you get those beautiful shapes and make so many of them? Um, so we do, there's, there's two kinds that we do. So we do the one that you see the ring um, and that's actually through like an extruder. So basically, oh. so when you make a cake donut, that's basically yeah. the same process. So it just oh. goes through the machine and kind of plops into the oil. That's um, cool. And that's great. And then we also do the baked version. So we have a baked gluten-free version of a donut, which is um, made out of rice flour. And that's a little bit more time consuming because um, depending on the space that I'm working at at the time, it could be, I could have only like, an oven with one shelf or an oven with three shelves or an oven with four shelves. So it's kind of like a little bit, um, depends on the time. Of So which, time. which one do you sell more of? Do you sell more of the wheat donuts or the gluten-free? So, you know, the funny thing is, is when we started, the wheat ones were the ones that everybody just gravitated towards because of the look and yeah. also has a chewy texture because there is rice flour in that one too, but it does have wheat. So yeah. it's a different texture. Um, and you know, I wanted to really introduce the baked ones because those are the, that's the texture that I grew up with eating in terms of desserts. Yeah. Um, and so now that after a, almost a year and a half, I think we've have gotten to the point now where people, oh, where people are actually wanting the baked donut, um, version of it because, um, it is gluten-free. Um, we've yeah. come up with a vegan version of it too. So I'm able to make, uh, accommodations for people with dietary restrictions. And I think that it, and it tastes good, you know? So I think that it's an helps. easy sell. Um, a lot of people actually prefer the other ones now. And so we've been able to do more of like half and half of the baked and the wheat. Whereas we used to just do five options of the wheat and one of the baked. And now we can actually do three and three, um, so that's really exciting that's for us. Because good. It was really a hard sell for some people because people just didn't, um, weren't sure about the texture or, uh, how it would taste being baked. And, you know, we all have our ideas of what a gluten-free item would be like. And sometimes it was really a hard sell for me to be like, no, it's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes you have to kind of teach people and sample. You know, they, yeah, you you um, pull them in by something they know, but mm-hmm. then um, you know you're really kind of teaching people about what you grew up eating, which of mm-hmm. course they you know wouldn't know offhand, but now they're probably in love with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them will just tell me that they would prefer those items, and when I you know when I do sell them, those sell out the the first thing that sell out are the baked ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of giving me, it makes me feel good. You know, like it makes me feel good because of what I wanted to do was introduce people to, you know, different flavors, different textures, different um, ways that we can use ingredients and have it still be good. And it's gluten-free by nature. It's not like I wanted to yeah. make a gluten-free donut. Yeah, exactly. Nature, you know, so. That's really well, cool. Personally, myself, I'm very happy you have gluten-free and I can't wait to get some of those. <laughs> Sounds yummy. Do you, what flavor donut or style do you think um, tells your story best? Like if you had to pick a donut to represent you. The one, a one that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one, so the flavor that I think pertains to what, you know, what I grew up with is probably pandan. Um, pandan is something uh, I have to explain all the time because it's like a leaf, but it's not wheatgrass, you know? So when people think I'm like extracting from a leaf, they automatically think wheatgrass, you know? And so I have to tell them, you know, pandan is actually like a a vanilla flavor of Asia. You know, pandan is used in a lot of um, flavoring of desserts in Asia. And it's basically like a vanilla, like everybody tosses pandan in for that, that, sweet, fresh taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but I then I also come to the crossroads of pandan being represented in a, in a way where it's bright green, electric green, and that's the uh, extract of it, the not, not from the real leaf, right? And so I, I have to struggle a lot with educating people with, oh, well, you know, when you see it bright green, it's probably been enhanced with something else. <laughs> And so when, you know, because when they see our product, you know, they're like, oh, why isn't it bright green or why isn't it? Um, why isn't it neon? <laughs> yeah, neon. And I was like, well, Chartreuse. You know, yeah. Uh, but I feel like I'm very, I'm most proud of that one. But that one takes a lot of time for me to like, you know, I have to extract it from the leaf. I have to make sure that it's like, you know, I have enough of it and um, I source it and uh, I source it from my in-laws actually. <laughs> That's, That's cool. so cool. Yeah. So they so they family. grow a whole bunch of it and I just get like every six months, just get a whole bunch of it from them. That's and you cool. you do that one with coconut on it, right? Or does it change? Yes, it's it's coconut. So um so for the baked, the wheat one is we make a um it's called uh kaya. So it's like a, a like a custard jam that's from Singapore, Indonesia mm-hmm. area. That's where we lived for a little bit. And so um Instead of just throwing the you know the extract that I put in there, I make a really nice custard from it so that oh, it's yum. rich, a little bit rich, and then we make a glaze from that. So that one takes a long time to make. Um, mm-hmm. My stomach's it, growling now, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the most rewarding one because I feel like that one represents me the most, you know. And I yeah. feel like that's the one that I love to talk about when people ask me, "What is that like? Um, and how is it grown, or where is it from?" Um, and so I feel like, you, okay, would you call it a grandma recipe, or is it really something that you learned when you were in school at the city college in San Francisco? Oh, uh, the the custard. Yeah, all of the things think, that you put oh, together. Oh gosh, uh, it's a little bit of both. I feel like um, a lot of it was technique. I actually did. Uh, before I did the pastry school, I actually worked in a Michelin restaurant for six months. Ooh. And then I decided to go back 
go to pastry. I could have not gone that route, but I felt like I really wanted to learn more technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a lot of it is learn technique. A lot of it is um, trying to stay true to some of the flavors and not do too much from it. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, I'm bridging what 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 a donut that is an American thing, you know, um, and kind of bridging it because I feel like every culture has a donut of some sort, a fried dough yeah. of some sort. Yes. And how do we, you know, mesh it together, you know, either with flavors or texture or um, fried or baked, you know, um, everybody has some kind of donut, whether it's fried or, do- you know, baked yes. or whatever. And so it's like, how do we incorporate that into our business and how do we do that? Um, and, you know, you know, I want, when I eat a donut, it remin- like, I'm reminiscent of like my childhood. How do I do that for other people, you know, and mm-hmm. from their country or from their childhood. And so, you know, we have a lot of fun figuring that out for people. And I think that's that, cool. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll tell people uh, where they can find you at your next pop-up. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, thanks for coming back with us. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about where your next pop-up is going to be? Yeah, um, we are actually taking a little bit of break, but we will be back at the end of October. Um, I think the first one is October 24th, and we will be at Muji for their Muji Marketplace. Um, and then I'm pretty sure we have a pop-up every week, every weekend, um, till the end of the year, we are ramping up to finish off the year. And then we have our little brick and mortar that's opening up in the beginning of the year over in Southeast Portland Where um, at core. So at the food pot over in core, uh, we have a little booth that's going to be inside. So, um, they have a food hall inside, they have food carts on the outside and we have a designated space inside. So we're building our, uh, building out our own kitchen. What's um, the address? You know, I don't know what the address is. It's off of, um, it, it's on 82nd and Powell. Yeah, oh, it's cool. it's really close to me, Sarah. We should, once there, oh. I mean, I know it's a ways away, but once you're yeah. open, Sarah and I will come visit for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, CORE has such, like, it's it has so much potential once it's, it's when it's done. It's going to be It's a really so good spot. I mean, I've been kind of watching as, um, it's busy you know, over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as they're building it out and, uh, I followed them on Instagram right away and have seen like them adding new businesses. I think it's going to be really, really great. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, um, you know, location that I think can ha- has a lot of potential and, mm-hmm. and especially they've made it look really lovely. So I yes. think that, I think that it'll be, great. So that's really nice that you're going to be part of it. That's super cool. Um, I was going to say, so, you know, people now know where you're going to be popping up and they, Mm -hmm. they have a location, but if people want to do special orders, is that something that you do or do you just do the pop-ups? We currently do. Yes, we do. We do special orders. So we do a lot of weddings. Um, We do a lot of uh, weddings. We've done some corporate things. Um, 
and we've done like just smaller parties with companies. Uh, so yeah, we're pretty much open. We love doing them actually because we that's when we get a little bit more creative on our other ends where we're like, oh, okay, um, let's customize color. Is there a flavor? So for weddings, we love to do flavors that are um, what the, oh, sorry, what the bride and the grooms love, you know? So like if they have a flavor that they like, then we are so for doing that for them. Yeah. Um, and it makes it a lot of fun. That's really cool that you do that. I, um, I think that that's, especially since people are doing a little bit smaller get togethers and weddings, I think it's, I think people are looking more for something very special. And so I think yeah. that would be perfect for, for that kind of event. Uh, you had mentioned your mom earlier and mm-hmm. her, um, wanting you to come up with a better donut. Is she pleased with what you have now? <sighs> Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, she, yes, she she lo- like she loves the texture flavor wise. She'll tell me if it's a you know, if she likes it or not. But I think it's more personal in, t- in taste. Um, she always gives me suggestions on what kind of flavors I can do. And, um, you know, I'm always up for the challenge. What uh, if you did a chicken and a heyday <laughs> instead of a chicken and a waffle? Actually, we have something. <laughs> With some Marshall somebody. on it. Yeah, we had something in the works Ooh. with somebody who's uh, wants because we do waffles too. Oh, um, so we do that gluten-free waffle one. Um, oh, there you go. And uh, someone's been we're working on it. <laughs> go over to Holler or um, what's that yonder or Holler and get yeah. some chicken. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it'll be. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Something <laughs> to look forward to. Yeah. Mm. So do you have to live a typical baker's life where you get up at 3 a.m. and start working? And what's that like for you with your young family and stuff? Um, You know, this is when I felt like the pandemic was in my favor Mm -hmm. um, because I was able to get a year and a half of just working the kinks out before the kids started school, before life kind of got back on track again. And so um, I was able to find a flow. I was able to figure out what worked, what didn't work. We get up pretty, I get up really early. I get up like at two or sometimes one thirty. We're usually at the kitchen by three, sometimes two thirty, depending on how big our, our event is. And, um, and so if we, yeah, we we do weekends and my my partner is great and he figures everything out, you know. So without without his work help, like I couldn't do it at all. Like it would just be such a mess. Um but it and you know, because of the pandemic, I'm able to say, "Hey, you know, like this I can't work this weekend." You know, and be able to take it off and take time off and I think that um I kind of want to see if I can incorporate that after we have our brick and mortar as well, because I feel like that's something that uh, if I don't do, I will burn out really sure. quick. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm glad that you could find a way to make it work. I always say that um, I, I kind of have the opposite schedule of you because I, um, you know, work all through the night while my daughter's sleeping. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, now it's it's different because she's back in school. And so it's like, I. but that's how I did the pandemic is that I would be hang with her during the day, do all the things that she needed to do. And then I would work all night while she was sleeping. And, you know, we do what we can. But I think, yes. it's a, I think kind of having your own business during this time is a good job for, you know, 
families and moms to have because you can make your mm-hmm. own schedule. But yes. but I think you you just know that you can continue to do that afterwards. Yes. That's the great thing about being a business owner is that you can always kind of do what you need to do when your family needs you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about how you're using some local flavors like Marionberry Jam in some of your products. Oh, yeah. Um, so we will continue to be a small batch um, donut shop still after we have our brick and mortar. I feel like that's really important. But we've been able to connect with a lot of um, local businesses in terms for like coffees and syrups and jams. Um, I feel like Portland has such a wide variety of options. Like I sometimes don't have, I can't even choose. Um, But I try to do as local as, as I can and seasonal as well. So there's lots of times when we do like the Marionberry stuff, like, you know, Marionberry is really just a season. (laughs) Um, And so, and same thing as strawberry, uh, same thing as strawberry, same thing as um, all the fruits that we have. And, but I always get requests for them every, you know, and same right now is pumpkin, apple, pear, all those things. And it's just really hard to um, have, I think it's training people to be able to eat um, ingredients for the season, like eat produce and fruits for the season, because, um, you know, I like we've gotten to know some farmers and, you know, appreciate their work. So they work so hard to like for their harvest. Right. And so, Um, it's like retraining everybody to eat within the season, um, which is hard for some people because we've, we can get strawberries in the winter, which we shouldn't have strawberries in the winter and, um, (laughs) you know, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, we try really hard to do as local. I mean, we also do, I try not to do any, any processed things. I don't throw a lot of like strawberries or cookies or, I mean, I mean, not strawberries, like cereal or cookies onto my donuts either without it being, um, if I can't make it myself. So, you know, sprinkles are all made from scratch. Uh, crumbles are all made from scratch. Cookies are, you know, if I want to do a cookies and cream, I have to make that from scratch because um, I just, I feel like that's the process that I would like for my family. So I should be able to do that for everybody else. And yeah. So, yeah, that's. I think that's what makes it so special and beautiful. And, and I, I think that our community is used to that kind of eating. I mean, of course, people will be like, oh, it's my favorite. But then <laughs> they they learn and they have another one. You know, we have sauces that come out every year just because it's based on seasonality. And we just are doing our cranberry red jalapeno. And people ask, for, ask me for that all year yeah. long. And I'm like, we only have it for two months. That's it. It's like yeah. October, November. Stock up, you got to get it. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, you know, people will come and be like, but that's my favorite. I'm like, you just either have to get a lot of them or you have to have a new favorite. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's true because yeah, it's just, it's just kind of relearning how to eat food the way that it's supposed to be eaten. Yeah. Sort Um, of like the slow food movement. Hey, Lisa, how do you decide on a new flavor for your donut line? A lot of them are inspiration from people. So a lot of them are like flavors that my, my kids really like. Um, or flavors that I, or, or for Portland, especially like what's in season, you know, like what can I make that's in season right now? Um, but a lot of, a lot of times it's like a uh, inspiration from someone like my kids, especially if they love chocolate or if they love something at the time, then I'll try to come up with a flavor for them. Uh, right. Yeah. Right now it's pumpkin spice season. Pumpkin do you have a pumpkin spice. spice? I do. I have a baked pumpkin, um, maple pumpkin right now Ooh. and um so we we're on a break but we do our wholesale with Cafe, uh, portland cafe 
Okay. And so they have our baked donuts usually Tuesday through Friday. And where are they located? They are over off of Holgate. Okay. And um, kind of where, let's see. Yeah. What are they by? They are by, it used to be the old Marigold coffee shop, kind of near Southeast Holgate area. I don't even know. I don't know what area that is. (laughs) We'll find it. It's called Bake Cafe. Is that right? It's called um, Portland Cafe. Portland Cafe. Cafe. Yeah. And it's Cafe. They're 28th and Holgate. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure to Maybe tag us to go there. Go there. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody's ever looking for a donut when I'm not having a pop-up, they usually run over there and grab, you know, yeah. the baked ones for sure. That's really fun that, that there's like a regular place that people can go to and, yeah. and try them out. I saw your black sesame donut and it is stunning. Can you Thank tell you. people, tell, tell people what um, that one's like and tastes like? Are we talking about the, the baked one or the fried one? Well, I don't know because <laughs> I, thought, I just sort of I sort of thought they were all fried, but now that I hear you talk about it, yeah. it so the one like that's like one. perfectly round is a baked one, and the okay. ones that are like ringed like with like a kind of like a baby teether. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one's the fried one. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the fried one that okay. I saw. I saw on your Instagram, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, that's beautiful." Thanks. Um, it basically is a we use a really high quality um sesame paste, um, and we ba- basically mix it in with our um with our glaze. But it it takes a little bit of time because we really try to incorporate it. Um, by putting in the mixer and just letting it go for a very long time because we don't want any clumps of it. We don't want um, like any of the oils to kind of like be separated too because like because sesame has um, oils after you've made it into a paste, you kind of want to incorporate that back in without it separating. So we just make sure that we mix that a lot. With our baked ones, we actually put the sesame paste in the dough. And so you get it in the dough and then you get it with – the glaze as well. So we use the same process for the glaze for both. Sounds so yummy. Yeah, they're so cool. And then um, you have another one that was, I think, strawberry milk that looked really interesting. And yeah. that, is that the one you use local strawberries for you're talking yes. about? Yeah. So we went over to a local, um, we just went to a local pick, and <laughs> the kids just had a heyday with like went and went whole, <laughs> like grabbed all those strawberries that they could. Um, and we just basically use that for the season. And uh, we, strawberry milk is actually a flavor that's pretty popular in Asia. Um, you, they usually, you know, bottle it up um, kind of, it's like chocolate milk, but they mm-hmm. make a strawberry milk out of it too. So we use whole milk. Um, we make a little mixture of that and then we uh, cook and roast the strawberries down um, before we blend it up and make it into like a confit, pretty much a puree. And then we mix it in together with our, um, milk base glaze pretty much. Yum. Yeah. That sounds awesome. (laughs) I, I love how um, much care and, um, work and time you put into everything. It's really lovely to hear you describe all of it. Cause I know sometimes people will just be like, donuts i want to eat a donut but, but i know really sometimes like, i'm like oh my gosh. gosh like we just spent four hours doing this and was gone in like 30 minutes. <laughs> i mean when i was in the swim team in high school we would ride our bikes to get donuts and i would eat six well <laughs> i mean 
it's really totally. rare. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, that's why I think that it's kind of, um, yeah, because ours goes so fast because people do buy them six at a time, you know, yeah. at I mean, the least six at a time. Yeah. Um, that's a meal, right? Six yeah. donuts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot of them have this thing where they're like, well, we won't, I don't know when I'm going to come back. And you it's can they like to stock up a little bit, you know, but um, you can but put yeah, them in your freezer and then you can pull them out for coffee every morning. Yeah. I, I think best. the baked ones will do that actually pretty well. Yes. <laughs> so yummy. Uh, you had a video on your website, I believe, that was very impressive. It has um, dramatic, intense music. Yeah. I got sucked in right away. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was really lovely. Did you do, did you make that yourself or did mm-hmm. someone make it for you? No. Um, so Mike, who his Instagram is Faint Mike. Oh, Faint Mike. Yeah, Faint Mike. and I he, follow him. Yeah, so he was doing some videos, and I just wanted to do, like, a little, like, a small video of what we do so that I can put on the website. That was my intent. Mm-hmm. And we didn't discuss anything. I just messaged him. He was just like, who is this person? We, I was like, I got to, you know, you have to be in at, like, 3 in the morning to do this. And he's like, great. <laughs> you know, he's like, I wake up early. And then we didn't discuss anything like nothing he just came and that's what he created when it he was, was so good I, I was like cheering on every donut flavor as it wait, came where on. do you <laughs> find this i don't find this i think video. it's on your website right yeah, that's where i found website. it yeah, yeah. i just find the square site but that's not what you're talking no, about no. um no. it's a should be on the heydaypdx.com okay yeah, yeah well, so it, was, it was really video, good it's yeah great, i was like great what video. is this <laughs> This is way more than what I expected, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was donuts for life for him. (laughs) For sure. And um, I also saw that you have done some really cool events. You did a topping for um, Evan Bean. Mm-hmm. Is, is that still available there? No, that one's so, that was just till they sold it was out just a little yeah. bit. Oh, okay, yeah. well, that was that was a really cool thing. I, you know, Sarah Masoni is our ice cream expert, so ah. I was going to send her there to try it out. But um, if you ever do it again, make sure to let us know. I so will she- let you know for sure. We do have <laughs> I mean, some other you could do other a things donut, in the works. Okay, donut ice cream sandwich too oh yeah that's a good idea things in the works coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went and did um feast as mm-hmm. a as at one of the um pop-up events uh yeah. had you done an event like that before i haven't well i mean for other people yes yeah. um not for myself no <laughs> how, how was it for you uh it was i mean i'm still thinking like it was a fluke I got in there for some reason. I just didn't feel it was just really yeah, I mean, I'm definitely honored and I was very um so thankful because I the people that I worked with were so great because I worked with XLB and I worked with um, you know, so many of the vendors because we did I did two events. I did one with um XLB and Hot Yai for the movie one, and then I did a um basically like a street food night the following month with like 10 other restauranteurs and vendors that were um, all Asian. And um, so we did a, like an Asian food night, like a street food night. And that was so much fun. Um, And it was nice because I was able to do something other than donuts. uh, And, uh, but also introduce desserts, items that are desserts to me, you know? And so, and making people try 
these new flavors and textures and things like that. So what did you make for that one? Um, so for the first one, I did a black and white sticky rice with mango. Mm. And then we, um, we did do the mini donuts for that one. And we did it with coconut milk. So that was the first one. And then when I made like a, a sesame crumble for that first one, the second one, we did a corn, um, a corn and coconut pudding. And then I did that with um, Boan Kainan and they're a Filipino food cart over where Mata is. And they did these um, kind of like their own version of a fried donut. And so we topped it off with that and uh, we put it in like some syrup and things like that. It was really good. And we, oh, I made a flan for that one too. So we put a flan in there. Whoa, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm watching the video. You're running up and down stairs in your kitchen. Yes. <laughs> what the? I know. Have you ever dropped any trays of donuts yet? We have not yet. Oh, thank not. goodness. Um, but we are running up and down those stairs all the time. That's how you get your cardio. Yes. <laughs> I bet you say someday I'm going to have a spot without a staircase soon at core. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so right now you have a um, kitchen space, but when you move to core, you'll have a kit. That'll be your kitchen space. Yes, Is that yeah. right? Right now. Oh, yeah. Good. Right now we're sharing um, space with a uh, uh, psychic bar. Um, and that's where we sometimes do our pop-ups there. Um, psychic mm -hmm. bar also houses pray and tell. Um, which is Diane Lamb's uh, little pop-up there. Um, and so we've been able to share space with them. It's been great. I really, I think because of that whole experience, I wanted to be in community again. In it's my next fun. Um, and so we we had options to do a brick and mortar of our own and our standalone. And we've said no to those, I, those things. And then when Core popped up, um, it just made sense. You know, yeah. that's what we wanted to be in. That's I, nice. Th I think it's a really nice way to stay connected to people and be around people. And um, because, you know, the pop-up pop experience is mm -hmm. such a part of your story. Now you can continue to do that mm -hmm. in, the, in the new space with all kinds of people. Yeah. And we've already have, I mean, some of our new neighbors already have reached out to us wanting to do things with us already. And mm -hmm. um, we've already done stuff with um, Matate, which is the vegan sushi cart that's there already. And before mm -hmm. they opened their cart, we already did a partnership with them. And so it's nice to be back with people that we've worked with for a while. And so, um, yeah, we're really cool. excited. Yeah. Can you tell us, have you worked with Judianne with PR and marketing? Is that we have part not. of what so you haven't? haven't yet? No, me and Judianne actually met, um, like a totally different way our kids oh. actually went to kindergarten together oh <laughs> yeah and so we met as parents and I didn't know what she was doing she didn't know what I was doing yeah and so then when this all happened we were like what <laughs> like I didn't know that she was doing that for her her career I knew yes. nothing she just knew about our kids and we had play dates and that's cool that was it yeah so it's well, been fun to see her at feast and you know um rubbing elbows yeah it's been really fun yeah. Uh, are there any flavors that we are missing telling people about? What do we need people to know about? Um, I think our most popular flavors are uh, the s'mores ones because we make our own marshmallows. Oh, I saw um, that. Yeah. And so uh, those are always our popular ones. People always ask us to just sell the marshmallows and mm -hmm. <laughs> ourselves, but 
that's a whole other beast that I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> there is a marshmallow company down in Southern Oregon, Pete's. They make fresh marshmallows if you want to connect. Yeah. And there's also, um, is it 1927? Yeah, Moore's like Place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we we're we're connected with them a little bit too. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun. I love I, this is a part that I love about opening Heyday is uh, connecting with the community, the food community. It's been yeah. really nice to meet um, people and talk about you know our ups and our downs and uh, our products and and things like that. So, if you could send your donuts to someone famous to be your spokesperson, who would it be? Ooh, I'm thinking of maybe like chefs, maybe. Oh, a chef. That's a good idea. I do want it. I do want like a chef to try it. And I, I want it actually, I'm thinking of maybe like Chef Mel. She's from the Bay Area and she's oh. been on Top Chef and things like that. But maybe I, we should send her a box. Maybe. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, I'm, I haven't even thought about that. I should do that actually. I would it love works. feedback. <laughs> Send some to Oprah or something. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> then you'll you, have to open a huge factory. I know. Sometimes um, that's a mixed mixed blessing when <laughs> when someone very famous likes your stuff because it's like then people really want it. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep it local. I'll keep yeah. it local. <laughs> yeah, you got a plan. <sighs> Do you have any advice for um, aspiring female food entrepreneurs? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, actually, I think that I think one of the things that was really hard for me to overcome was that starting I was starting a business way late. I thought I was starting a business. I'm like I'm 42 now, and so I started my business when I was in my 40s, like when I start when I was 40. And usually, people in the industry. Um, especially in terms of baking and things have been in it for a long time. And mm -hmm. so um, a lot of my hesitancy was, was like, how oh, am I too getting too old to do this? And is my body going to be able to keep up? And um, you know, just the, uh, just psyching myself out. And I think that if you really love what you do, um, you should just do it, you know, just give it a try. Um, failure, failure in 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 these terms it's actually really not um a bad thing you know like i think there's a lot of times where um, i've talked to a lot of people who are like oh i wish i opened something um you know and they never did and but they're always wanting and wishing and thinking about that process and you know it's just like it's never too late you know to do it and if it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would work out something is gonna something else is gonna happen mm -hmm. i feel like something else always happens from it and so yeah, I think if you have a love and a joy for it and you want to do it, and if you have the means to do it and the support to do it, you should do it. Yeah, I think advice. that's really good advice and good for you for not standing in your own way and making it happen. Because I think that, you know, you mentioned that you were starting at a time that you, you could have taken it as a sign that there was a global pandemic and never started your business. Or you mm -hmm. could have, you know, gone with the thought of I might be too old to get into pastry and not done it. But here you are and you have done it. So good job. Thanks. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You did it. I think that sometimes it's hard for people to overcome all of those thoughts and and things that are going on for them and um and and then there's a lot of regrets that happen so i think no matter totally what agree. 
you had an idea and you did it. So great mm-hmm. work. Yeah. yeah. Now we just have to get some of these donuts. I, I know. Soon. Soon we'll be more than just the pop-up. <laughs> now I'm going to go to the coffee, uh, Portland coffee and get some. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, we, they, yeah, they've been so great with me um, in terms of like this whole trying out this wholesale thing to see if I really want to, you know, get my foot in that realm. Um, yeah. And what do you think about that? Do you, do you think you want to wholesale? It's, it's hard for bakers. Yeah. It's hard for bakers because it's, I don't think people know that it's, we bake, we probably will deliver mm-hmm. <laughs> ourselves mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it's just staff, right? Like right now, I think the industry is just really having a hard time with finding help. The whole United States is having yeah, a hard time. Everybody. I mean, and so finding people to work. Yeah. And so, I mean, very strange. That's another thing that I'm kind of for the future is like, is that, can I even do it? You know, and, um, and how much, if how much I want to do it. And so, but at least I have the option to, I think that's, yeah. that's the, the plus side of it is that if I decided we can do it at some point, then we will, but it's okay to say no, if we can't. There are, yeah. there are bakery co-manufacturers here in Portland. One of them is called Teeny Foods. Oh yeah, that's right. I've heard about that one. Yeah, you can bake. I think they make donuts. Pretty sure. And I think um, you know, it's like everything. I think um, when you're ready to have people to help you, I think good people will find you that mm-hmm. that want to work. That's with you, true. Want to learn true. learn from you. You have a lot to offer. You have a lot of skill to teach people, and I think I think the right people will find you for sure. That's good advice, Sarah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Too. well ladies i hate to say it but we are out of time oh no so let's um one more time tell people how they can find you let's say your next pop-up and your your instagram Okay. Our next pop-up is Sunday, October 24th at Muji from 11 to 1 uh, or until we sold, sell out. And um, my Instagram handle is uh, heyday, H-E-Y-D-A-Y-P-D-X. And our website is heydaypdx.com. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and, and Muji is downtown, right? In yeah, downtown one. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, people, if people haven't... Um, been there it's really fun and so get there get there early so you can get some great donuts well thank you so much for joining us it was lovely to hear your story and we hope lots of people find you and come get your donuts and we can't wait for all these great things on the horizon for you We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like Stitcher and iTunes. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message on our Instagram, Missoni and Marshall. Until next week, we will be back. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.